And hello, everyone. Welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones and Tim Moore. We're with Lamb Lion Ministries. We thank you for being part of today's program. As we have a special topic prepared for you today, as we're going to be talking about the fairness of God, as we look at Ezekiel chapter 18. So stay tuned to the program. And those of you following us on social media, We'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for all those tuned in who want to know and grow in you. And we do pray, Lord, you'll reveal yourself to us through the book of Ezekiel in our conversations. And uh, Lord, we just want to know you better. Uh, we pray for your guidance and direction. And we thank you for your love. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into a Truth Will Set You Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, Tim Moore, as we're talking about, again, the fairness of God. So we encourage you to stay tuned to the program, get your Bibles ready, and follow along with us as we dive into the book of Ezekiel. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my special guest to the program, Tim Moore and Nathan Jones. Tim, it's great to have you on. Glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. Nate, it's great that you're not alone today. Jim is, uh, Tim is joining you today as well. Yes, yes, good good surprise. Yeah, well, it's always nice to have the three amigos. We don't always have the opportunity to connect together, but it's great to be together again. <laughs> always. <laughs> well, and for those of you that are new to our program, again, we always have a lot of fun here as we encourage you to stay tuned to God's Word. But for those of you that are new to the program and new to our resources, Nate, will you be able to share with them a little bit about our resources and also what we do in the ministry? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Ministries is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we do that in a number of different ways, primarily through our television program, Christ and Prophecy. Uh, Tim's the host, and I'm the co-host. And uh, we also have our internet outreach through, of course, our website, ChristandProphecy.org. But social media, e-newsletters, uh, blogs. Uh, we're now on Pray.com. We got all sorts of the Lamb and Lion app. We want to get the gospel out to as many people as possible as quickly as possible. So if you're new to Lamb and Lion Ministries, check us out at ChristInProphecy.org. Mm, fantastic. Thanks so much, Nathan. Joe, and yeah, we encourage you guys to get a hold of those resources and also follow us on Pray.com as well. So, Nathan, exciting, exciting times are ahead. We've been making our way through the book of Ezekiel. And on our last program in chapter 18, the second part to our program, uh, we were looking at the contrast in the two people groups that God tells the prophet Ezekiel to address as they will be led into captivity because of their disobedience as a nation. And today we're going to pick it up there in chapter 18, verses 21 through uh, 20, uh, excuse me, 25 uh, through 32. I was going to ask Tim if he will open us up by reading verses um, 25 through 28 there in Ezekiel 18. And maybe Nathan, you can pick up verses 29 through 32. All right. Beginning in verse 25. Yet you say the way of the Lord is not right. Hear now, O house of Israel. Is my way not right? Is it not your ways that are not right? When a righteous man turns away from his righteousness, commits iniquity, and dies because of it, for his iniquity, which he has committed, he will die. Again, when a wicked man turns away from his wickedness, which he has committed, and practices justice and righteousness, he will save his life because he considered and turned away from all his transgressions, which he has committed. He shall surely live. He shall not die. Pick it up in verse 29. Yet the house of Israel says the way of the Lord is not fair. O house of Israel, is it not my ways which are fair and your ways which are not fair? 
Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions so that your iniquity will not be in ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord God. Therefore, turn and live. Mm, what an amazing passage as we look at here as this amazing contrast. And, and again, we see again, God is going to be dealing uh, with the disobedience of the nation of Israel uh, as they're going into captivity. And Nathan, you gave us a wonderful outline of what that looked like in terms of times and dates, because some of these tie in very well uh, with the book of Daniel as well. You'll have to refresh my memory on the timeline. Are you talking about the last episode? Yeah, on our last episode, for those individuals that were not familiar, that we were making our way through the book of Ezekiel, uh, again, we, we were just uh, sharing with them the, the reality of how they were being led into captivity. And then also in the book of Daniel, we notice the timeline there closely when Daniel is led into captivity. And Ezekiel and Daniel kind of overlap a little bit in terms of time frame. Yes, thank you. Um, yes, we're talking about 2,600 years ago, around 600 B.C. The Jewish people had continued to rebel for hundreds of years, and as the Lord had through Moses told the Jewish people, if there was continued rebellion, they'd face exile. So in 722 B.C., the northern ten kingdoms were taken by Assyria and spread out through the Assyrian Empire. That empire was replaced by the Babylonian Empire, so we're now about 600 B.C., uh, King Nebuchadnezzar will do three sieges upon Jerusalem, carrying off his people. And Ezekiel and Daniel, who were both major prophets, were contemporaries at the time, and both were taken into exile. Thank and you know, Nathan, what's amazing is as you look at this over and over again, the Lord was saying through Ezekiel what was going to come on the people because of their rebellion. And here we find, in a sense, them crying out. That is not fair. Now, Tim, you, myself, and Nathan, we have children. And Tim, have you Tim, have you found yourself disciplining your children at times and hearing those exact words? That's not fair. <laughs> oh, of course, and not just children. I think all of us at times think, well, that's just not fair because we always want uh, blessings for ourselves, mercy for ourselves, and everyone else should get their just rewards. I mean, I'm reminded of, of Jonah, who lamented that he was in the belly of a whale, and so he cried out to God. And of course, God uh, was merciful toward him, but then Jonah was angry when God extended mercy toward the Ninevites. He said, Well, that's not fair. They deserve your indignation. And so all of us always uh, think it's not fair when we are not given mercy or when we receive the, the due punishment for our deeds, but uh, we certainly want others to, to suffer what, what they have uh, earned in terms of being deserving. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I heard someone once say the difference between mercy and grace. Uh, mercy is not getting what you deserve, and grace is getting what you don't deserve. And Nathan, we see a little bit of that throughout history. God has always been merciful to his people uh, and graceful. But then the time comes when discipline must be administered. Would you agree? Yeah, it's interesting when you say that they say the way of the Lord is not fair. we got to remember the context in which they're saying it. They're seeing their nation be destroyed. I mean, we're talking about living and enduring these exiles. At this point, Ezekiel has already been taken in exile earlier. And he's been sent back by God to uh, give the gospel message and his warning to the remnant who's now pretty much all that's left of Israel is pretty much Jerusalem. Judah has been pretty much overrun. 
So the only thing left of the nation of Israel is Jerusalem. And even then, Zedekiah and Jehoiachin continue to disobey God and not listen to his prophets. They totally ignored Jeremiah who came beforehand. And so now the Lord's saying, this is fair. I've given you hundreds of years to repent and you refuse to do it. And, you know, and one of the things that I noticed here, Nathan, very good point, is that, you know, they were responsible as a nation, but also as individuals. Sometimes people think that God is just looking to uh, punish people or punish a nation. But we find that it's a group effort, much like what's happening in the United States of America. We see certain policies and things that are being put in place that are against God. But then we have ungodly people that are following uh, those policies and they're in agreement with them. So oftentimes God will punish a nation, but also the individual person is responsible. And Tim, you would agree that we as a nation, if we repent and turn from our wicked ways, God oftentimes will relent, like you mentioned that story of Jonah. He will, and he certainly will when it comes to two individuals. We know that he is eager to forgive. As a matter of fact, the reason he's withholding judgment right now on the world is because he wishes that all would repent. Uh, accept his son, Jesus Christ, and be saved. So he's giving every opportunity. Uh, when it comes to nations, I've heard people even cite that passage from Second Chronicles 7:14. Well, I prayed. Why hasn't he fulfilled his end of the deal? Well, just because one person prays doesn't mean that it's changed the trajectory of a whole nation. We saw that again in ancient Israel and Judah. Of course, uh, prophet after prophet were praying for the salvation of their land, and yet by and large, the people were flaunting God's will. I actually believe, uh, Vic, that oftentimes those who ought to know better what God's will is and what his provision is, what his laws are, they're held to a higher standard. Much like we've all heard our parents say, well, why are you getting punished and your friends not? It's because you knew better. And my parents used to say that to me. So I think God would expect this nation, which was founded on Christian principles, that being the United States, should know better and when we flaunt our wickedness, which surely we are doing lately, then he has every right to, to hold us to account collectively. But thankfully, and this is true for every one of our listeners today, he does offer grace and mercy for individuals, again, who put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ. There, there is no blanket salvation. Every person must accept Christ as Lord and uh, are a savior and then revere him as lord or they are without hope mm -hmm. excellent point and you know what tim that brings us to our reference passage there uh that we're going to note in romans chapter 1 verses 18 through 23. nathan would you be able to pick up that verse for us just in case someone doesn't have a bible i'd be happy to Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Romans 1, verses 18 through 23. Thank you, Nate. Yeah, yeah. Tim had to uh, step out, and so uh, I'd be happy to read it. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, 
and change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, that birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Nathan, and that's much exactly like we're saying. Uh, we find the nation of Israel. In other words, they knew deep down in their hearts what they were supposed to do, but people chose uh, you know, the opposite. And then when God brings about his judgment and his discipline, they're crying out, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah. And it will here too, like people say that when they get to heaven, you know, God's got to let them in if they didn't know. Well, according to this, Romans 1 is that nobody is without excuse on the entire planet. It's called general revelation. God reveals himself through his, the complexity of creation. We can look at, say, the human body and seeing the the unfathomable complexity of it or the complexity of animals or the ecosystem or uh, the whole universe. Everything is just so complex. It means there was an author and creator. If that will lead people to God and then God will give them special revelation, which is knowledge about Jesus Christ and his salvation. So that's why when we go to the great white throne judgment someday, all those who rejected the Lord stand before him. He's going to, it says in Revelation 20, 21, that he's going to open the books. And if they're in the book of life, that means um, that they were born. But then the Lamb's book of life, Jesus's book of life, has it that they accepted his salvation. And if they didn't accept Jesus as Savior, then they're still under the just punishment of hell. And it's just, it's not unjust. It's because they've rejected what was clear before them. And that's general revelation. And then specifically the specific revelation. Nathan, that is fantastic. And for those of you who just tuned in, you're tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, Tim Moore, as we have been, again, talking about the fairness of God. God is not out there to try to destroy people, but we know that deep down inside, oftentimes we choose uh, uh, to do what's wrong. But God does have to judge sin. And that's what we're looking at here. According to the word of God, it says there in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 32, for I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord God. Therefore, turn and live. Nathan, I believe that's still that call for today. Turn and live. And that is repentance, right? Oh, absolutely. Isn't that a fantastic passage? I mean, it really gets to the heart of God there. People try to say, oh, you know, God's out to get us. And he, you know, he's always wrathful and judgmental. And well, he hates sin because sin destroys us. It sends us to hell. It ruins us. It ruins our lives and our relationship, particularly the reason why we were created to, to have a just and right relationship with God, a perfect relationship. So, of course, God hates sin and he doesn't want it in our life. He wants us to reject that sin and turn instead to him and have that perfect relationship with him. So when he says turn and live, that he's serious about living because he's not talking about just dying and then and then going to, to judgment, but he's talking about the second death, which the Bible calls hell or the lake of fire. It's eternal judgment for our sins. We were born in sin. Therefore, we were born in judgment and sentenced to hell. He does not want any of that. So he, again, by sending these prophets to Jerusalem, you know, with first Jeremiah and then Ezekiel and Daniel from up in Babylon, he's trying to get the people to repent and turn to him. And see, that always matters, God. It matters more to him to get a right relationship than it is to bring his wrath down to try to force people to reconsider their sin and then turn to him. But fortunately, brother, as you know, most people have to have it really bad before they turn to him. 
Yes, Nathan, absolutely. And, and I just love these verses because they're so clear in the love of God and the plan of God. People need to recognize that there is a human responsibility. Uh, again, as I mentioned in our earlier programs, that God doesn't have any grandchildren. Every person must come to the Lord personally. That's why we call it a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, our personal responsibility. And when we sin, we're going to be held accountable for our personal sin. And that's why there are verse 30 in Ezekiel chapter 18 is so clear in the call to repentance. He's calling them as a nation, but he's also calling them as individuals. He says, therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions so that the iniquity will not be in your ruin. Cast away from you all transgression which you have committed and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. And Nathan, the way that one gets a new heart and a new spirit is through a personal relationship with the Lord, right? Oh, absolutely. We can't work our way to heaven. We can't work our way to holiness. We can Religion really is man's attempt to reach God and will always fail because we're too tiny and small. But Christianity is God reaching out to mankind. Jesus, uh, God manifests through Jesus Christ coming on this earth and, and teaching us firsthand and then dying on the cross and then beating death by resurrecting himself from the dead. That is the provision that allows us to have a new heart, new spirit. And when we confess our sins and in faith turn to Jesus Christ as our savior and the sins are forgiven, then when he says new spirit, this is, even though we're reading an Old Testament passage here, it's a pointing to a new heart for God, a new soul but also points to the time in the church age, which we're living in now, where each those who have accepted Jesus as Savior will get the Holy Spirit to give them that new nature to help them fight the old nature, at least till we die, right? And then when we die, the old nature is gone. The new glorified body no longer has that old nature anymore. I love that. And that, that is wonderful news. So again, for those of you who just tuned into the program, you tuned into our truth will set your free Bible prophecy edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, again, as we are looking at this amazing passage of how much God loves us, he does not want to destroy the wicked. He has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, according to Ezekiel chapter 18. So we want to encourage you in knowing that, that God has a wonderful plan for your life, but he has to deal with sin and punish sin. And we will see that clearly as we continue in Ezekiel chapter 19, verses 1 through 9, as we are going to be looking at this lamentation now uh, that God calls Ezekiel to take up uh, against for the, for the prince of Israel. So, Nathan, as we continue to make our way to chapter 19, uh, will you be able to take us there through verses, uh, chapter 19, verses 1 through 5? And I'll pick it up in 6 through 9 in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Yeah. Verse 19, verse 1. Moreover, moreover, excuse me, take up a lamentation for the princes of Israel and, and say, where is your mother, a lioness? She lay down among the lions, among the young lions, she nourishes her cubs, and she brought up one of her cubs, and he became a young lion. He learned to catch prey, and he devoured men. The nations also heard of him. He was trapped in their pit, and they brought him with chains to the land of Egypt. And when she saw that, she waited that her hope was lost. She took another of her cubs and made him a young lion. Mm. And then we notice there as we continue, for those of you that don't have a Bible, pick it up in verse six. He removed among the lions and became a young lion. He learned to catch prey. He devoured them. He knew their desolate places and laid waste their cities. The land with his fullness was desolate by the noise of his roaring. 
that nations set against him from the uh, provinces on every side and spread their net over him. He was trapped in their pit. They put him in a cage with chains and brought him into the king of Babylon. They brought him in nets. His voice should no longer be heard on the mountains of Israel. Nathan, this opens up powerfully chapter 19. He says, moreover, take up a lamentation. You and I taught through the whole book of lamentation a number of years ago, and it's kind of like a, a, a sad thing, but here we find lamentation again. Well, Lamentation was written by Jeremiah, known as the Weeping Prophet, and it was about the destruction of Jerusalem. I mean, he was lamenting the very fact that this was happening. Matter of fact, Jeremiah would live through the actual destruction of Jerusalem, and he would be dragged down to Egypt where he would eventually die. And so uh, that's why he's called the Weeping Prophet. And nobody would listen to him. Matter of fact, the king even threw him into a, a slimy cistern just to shut him up. The cistern is a a big pit where they used to store their water and underground. And so they threw him in there just to shut him up. So here the kings and the princes, of course, there's a lamentation against them. They refuse to acknowledge God and turn to him. And so they would run to Egypt or some other other country, which was their enemy looking for help. But the Lord said, you weren't going to find help. And it's interesting that, that this story uses lions here. We like lions. You know, they're in zoos and things, but you got to remember that in ancient Israel, lions were very common. They'd roam around the countryside and, and they would devour people. So uh, we live in a time period where we don't have lions roaming around, but uh, the people would understand this lamentation because they knew what it was like to have a lion go by. <laughs> well, Nathan, you made a very good point because people have to recognize that the book of Ezekiel also ties in somewhat with the book of Daniel. And we all know the story of, of Daniel and the lions then. I'm actually teaching that on Sunday mornings right now, but you're absolutely right. Lions were all over, they were common, they will use them, uh, uh, they will keep them in pits very hungry and they will feed people to the lions. So we know historically that there were lions all over those lands. Oh yeah, yeah, lions are very common in, in ancient biblical history. Uh, we don't think about that much today, but again, when God ever communicates, and of course God is the greatest communicator, he knows how to connect with people, and he connects with them with stories and, and things they'd understand. That's why Jesus spoke in parables, that people would understand uh, the conditions of the. They might understand the meaning of the parables. He did that to keep it secret from a, a lot of people. Only his disciples would understand it, and at times they had to ask Jesus to explain it. But yeah, it, so what he's really saying here is he's talking about Israel and Judah, two different lions, and uh, how they would be taken away by the king of Babylon. And uh uh, they brought, it says, and brought him to the king of Babylon. Verse 9, they brought him in nets that his voice should no longer be heard on the mountains of Israel. And that's what the northern ten tribes in 722, when the Assyrians dragged them away in nets. And again, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon will do the same thing to the Jewish people. He's going to have Jerusalem, the, the southern tribes, Judah and Benjamin, and he's going to drag them away and up to Babylon. So, uh, yeah, in very colorful way. We have Ezekiel here explaining what's happening to the rebellious Jewish people. And again, for those of you that just tuned in, again, we're going through the book of Ezekiel. We're looking at chapter 19. Again, we're looking at this lamentation that is um, uh, there that Ezekiel is asked to take up. And Nathan, today I was thinking in terms of lamentation, lament, uh, sadness, uh, sad situation when God's people 
uh, turn from him and turn to sin. Uh, and then God has to punish sin. Uh, I was When I was thinking of lamentation today, when we text people, we use those emojis and some people choose a happy face. And uh, here I was thinking of the sad emoji. You know, a lamentation is nothing to be happy about, but it's a difficult thing when we see that God has to take action for the rebellion of people. And it wouldn't be just the sad emoji. It'd also be the one with the tears coming out of each eye. Absolutely, Nathan. Yeah. And in a sense, you know, we're familiar with emojis today. And uh, this lamentation, that's sort of like what it means. It's, it's a sad state when a country turns their back on God and then God has to administer punishment. In some ways, we see that happen in the United States of America. Right, Nathan? There's you know, we're going backwards in so many ways as a country. We just had a midterm election and it's interesting the way that people vote, what they choose. Uh, and, uh, you know, we need to I always tell people we're not voting Republican or Democrats. We need to vote biblically and God upholds uh, the truth and the Bible, not just a party. And that's why we, we also have a responsibility as a nation. We do. And it's very much that Israel is an example that God used to show the rest of the world how he deals with sin and how he looks for repentance. And we live in a country who started off with very strong Judeo-Christian values. Uh, some would even argue a contract with God using the Mayflower Compact that we were as a nation set out to be a city on a hill, a shining and set apart, and that God in God we trust. Uh, but we've seen uh, just in the last few decades an incredible turning against God, a rebellion against God, and now out and outright rebellion against God, the hatred of his laws, his rules, uh, the nuns group, in other words, they don't have any religious affiliation, is growing, and open hostility towards Christianity. The elevation of sexual immorality over biblical accountability, and we're even seeing a decline of the First Amendment, the freedom of religion. It's, it's, it's being pushed out of the place because they don't want God there anymore. They want to just sin and do what they want without God's approval. But God knows that when we sin, it hurts us. And it's like a child. You don't want your child hurting himself. And God's like, I don't want you hurting yourself. And that's what you're doing. And so I will send punishments to remind you to repent, return to me. And brother, I think we saw that in this last midterm election. I mean, it should have been a clean house of Republican wins, not saying Republicans are more moral, but just that uh, the, the platform they stood on is more godly. And the country rejected it. It rejected it to protest the destruction, uh, the um, repealing of Roe versus Wade. And so we're seeing a country. We're getting the leaders we deserve. Uh, I mean, the Biden administration is horrifically corrupt and inopt inept, and we've got that. We're seeing natural disasters all over the country. We're seeing our economy uh, be wrecked and massive amounts of debt. It looks like the dollar soon will no longer be the world currency as new uh, digital currencies are taking over disease. I mean, all this the Bible prophesied would, would happen to a nation and happen to Israel. And if they return and repented to God, then God would restore their fortunes. So brother, we are hanging as a nation very precariously right now uh, in front of God's judgment. And if we don't repent, then I think like Israel, we will face some kind of exile eventually, whether another country takes us over or a civil war splits us up or uh, you know, destruction by an uh, external enemy, that's that's the next steps if we don't listen to God's call to, for us to repent. Mm. And, Nathan, and Nathan, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think the key for people to recognize that we can make a difference as individuals as we turn to God and we choose to do what's right. 
but we need a new heart. We need a new spirit. And that can only be done through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Nathan, I know we only have about a minute left to the program, but maybe someone is tuned in that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. Maybe you can share with them right now how they can receive that new heart and that new spirit. Well, everything circles around John 14, 6. Uh, then that verse, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And that is the foundation upon which all of understanding should rest on, that Jesus Christ is our only way to salvation. And if you believe that, then it's time to repent and turn to Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior yet, then pray from your heart. Something like, dear Jesus, I, I know I'm a sinner. I've rebelled against you. Please forgive me of my sin. I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And Jesus will forgive you your sins. The guilt will be washed away and you will inherit eternal life with him. Wonderful news. Thank you so much, Nathan. What a wonderful way to close this segment of the program with that invitation. Hey, if you trust the Lord, reach out to us, 305-992-9537. Again, ChristinProphecy.org. We'd love to give you more information so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. And we want to say congratulations for turning to Christ. Nathan, thank you so much for sharing that invitation and for being part of today's program. It's always a joy to have you on. Yes, uh, if Tim was still here, he'd say uh, it's a blessing to be on as well. He had to run to another meeting. But uh, uh, Vic, it's just awesome to minister with you. And I just pray for the Lord's blessing on you and all those who are tuned in today. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan. And of course, we thank you for being part of our program. We ran out of time for this segment of the program. But may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, Tim Moore saying goodbye. May the Lord be with you. Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish.